Hello and welcome to the first episode of the third ever season of the Plebs on Footy podcast. I'm your host, Rory O'Kane, and as always, I'm joined by Scott Fotheringham. Banjo, can you explain to me why we're doing this podcast? I gave you three conditions. I said I will not record a pod unless, one, you give me a slab of Victoria's Finest. I haven't received one. Two, I wanted you to bring a soundboard along. And, okay, three you've actually done. We're, only re- we're recording it in our original uh, studio, which happens to be where I live. So I'm pretty <laughs> happy about that. But two of the two hardest conditions you haven't pulled through on. Where's our soundboard? Okay, a couple of things. I don't appreciate you calling me out on the air. Like the, I thought we were, I thought we were in this together. God, I thought this was a team. God, effort. you're lazy, man. Um, the soundboard I've spoken to you about. We are, we are going to sort of do things with it. Uh, we're just going to do it in post production instead of playing it live. That's not as cool. And you know what, Scott? I'm sick of doing everything by myself. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to set your task. I need you to do one thing. No, I, I need do you. I need you to isolate the sound clip for Gold Jacket, Green Jacket. That's all I need you to do. Just rip it straight off YouTube. It's not hard. You can do it. I have faith in you. Why can't you do it? You've been saying you'll do it for yeah two years. Scott, I am the producer. <laughs> I am the host. I am the CEO of this company. I do everything <laughs> on this pod. I am the social media manager. I do everything. It's time for you to pull your weight. You got one segment, and you better fucking I'm look sick after of it. Bloody playing it off my off bloody YouTube. Yeah, so do something about it, <sighs> listeners. You will know. Well, I don't know. The sound quality might not improve much at all, but you may be able to tell next week whether or not Scott's done his job. He's got two jobs now. You, you still Will you one. bring me a slab of EB next week? Like, maybe. <laughs> no, there's, no, there's no clip without a slab I will, of EB. I will, once, once you do the clip, I will bring the slab. There we go. Aren't we off to a great start? Yeah. Great, great chemistry. It also needs to be mentioned that uh, we have downgraded studios. We are slightly more cramped. We're yeah. in the... Uh, could work out to be better. It could work out to be better. Who knows? We, uh, we get better every day. That's our motto. Uh, but I guess we should get to the football now. Yeah, I suppose so, Banjo. Yeah. I suppose so. On to everyone's favourite segment, Gold Jacket, Green Jacket. I'm not even going to bother with the bit, because everybody knows now that it's not the favourite segment. It's where we give 3-2-1 votes for the most meaningless game of the round. The title's derived from the line of Happy Gilmore, Gold Jacket, Green Jacket, who gives a shit. And we give, yeah, 3-2-1 votes for the game that no one cares about throughout the week. Okay, this does need to be said, actually. This is our third season. <laughs> that is the last time you ever do that. First, Think ep- of all the new listeners this third season. Episode well, of are they the- going to know what it is? First episode of the pod, I'll forgive it. But from now on, no more. Your dad is not ever going to listen to it if he hasn't listened to it by now. He's not going to be lost. Think of the new listeners, Banjo. I'm bringing a positive attitude this year. All of the new listeners coming in will want to know what it's about. You know what, actually? I changed my mind. I appreciate that. But still don't do it. <laughs> I've got to say, I thought this was like a really good round of footy. When I sat down and did Gold Jacket, Green Jacket, there were actually a few few possibilities around there. There were a few pretty, pretty boring games. But one vote we're going to give to Port Adelaide Freo. I don't understand how this isn't higher. This was awful. The only takeaway I have is Port still beat bad teams. Freo are no good. Well, this is three takeaways. And Jack Watts fits well in that side. I still think there's a possibility that Freo are a decent side. I think they have a pretty decent list. And I think I just... Ross Lyon is an absolute boss, as we've discussed for three years. Well, two <laughs> three, years. three years of failing. <laughs> and during the third year. Uh, well, no. What makes you seeding before that? What makes you think they're a good side? This is the last thing we're going to say on this issue. But what makes you think they're a good side? Bring in Fife and Sanderlands. Uh, Sanderlands is at his best is the most important player in the competition to his team. Fife is an absolute star. I think a Ruckman... Just over the road, mate. Have a say in that, but yeah, go ahead. I like Nathan Wilson as an addition to the team. I reckon that'll give them a lot of run, which they need because they have issues off half back. 
But I'm not sure they've addressed any of... Like, they've addressed Nathan Wilson, but they still don't have a forward line. Their midfield still doesn't... Yeah, the forward spread. line isn't... Look, I only picked them for 12. Like, I'm not saying they were going to be amazing. But I think they have they have a reasonable midfield. I, I think they have a pretty decent midfield with both of the hills in there. I think that okay, fair enough. They're good fair players. Enough. Let's move on. Lucky Neal, mate. Look, got they've a, got some good. We've got boards. a packed pod. So all right, we're going to move right. on. Two votes. St Kilda, Brisbane. This makes sense. Yo, you're happy with this one? Aren't you? I thought you wanted to give it three. Huh? Oh no, this is just a rubbish game of football. I'm just saying it makes sense to be included. The the problem with St Kilda in this is they didn't win by enough for you to say, oh, maybe St Kilda are alright. But they also, like, they still won. So there's no yeah, takeaway of St Kilda are officially terrible. They still won pretty comfortably. The only thing that might make it look good for St Kilda is maybe Brisbane have improved. They have got a they fair bit more talent. Charlie Cameron looked excellent. Uh, they've got a healthy midfield going into a season for once, but although Rich is now hurt, and he's shockingly important for them. Mm-hmm. Guys like uh, Alan Christensen are back. Who's yep. a good solid player and Hodge. that's the Hodge. Yeah, I was not gonna f- I was gonna forget him all yeah, I, I knew you would. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it didn't actually stick out that much, which was interesting. Uh, but like there, there's the In a good way or a bad way it didn't stick out. In a good way. It like it was pretty Has any played alright, you're saying you he played fine, in. but he didn't like I didn't notice him doing particularly good things. Okay. So well, it just shows it yeah. fit into the structure beautifully. Sure. Um, the other one, a couple of kids, the Witherden and Berry, they can both play. Yeah, Berry can really good. Play. I knew Witherden. Like, Witherden's end to the last year was excellent. Yeah, so he's been I kind good for of, a while. I had him tabbed. Yeah, a couple but of Berry, Berry, and McCluggage looked better than he did last year. Hmm? A lot more dynamic, which I really think is a good sign for them. They, they actually do have a bit of ability, but. Anyway, they're still not going to be great this year. Melbourne will beat them this week, thankfully, and St Kilda beat them, which was no surprise, and not by enough for it to be interesting. Uh, three votes is, look, a pretty obvious one. I mean, everyone knew what it was going to be. Gold Coast, North Melbourne. Oh. It has to be the most boring game of all time. But anyway, <laughs> to, to North Melbourne especially, we say... Gold jacket, green jacket, who gives a shit? I mean, Gold Coast, North Melbourne... In the wet. Can I just... When the scores are score about 40 to 30 sorry, or something. I mean, it doesn't get any more boring Can I? Can I just, you know, quiet you down for a second. Let's talk about what your actual criteria generally is for this segment. So, when it's a crap uh, game on a big day, like, what was it? Queen's birthday, I think you said, was important just because it was Queen's birthday. Even though uh, you won, uh, like, yes. Yeah, okay, so is this a special This is the wettest game of all time. <laughs> This is this was played in a swimming pool that by itself you played it incredibly often, boring. <laughs> no, you talk of you say you love wet weather footy. This is the wettest. Yeah, but not when the teams are that bad and the result is so meaningless. Scott, when there's two teams that are that bad, the wet weather makes you not be able to tell that ba- they're that bad because everybody's crap. It's a great equaliser. You just don't appreciate the game at its purest, Scott. I don't know what to tell you. You're not a real fan. <laughs> what do you mean great equaliser? They're both. Pretty close together, terrible, and the skills, like, it just adds to the terrible yeah, skills. Yeah, a good side that would have also been dropped to terrible. It I would honestly, have been the same for anybody. I cannot think of a game I would want to watch less this than that game. I'd prefer to watch soccer. It, <laughs> darts. I'd prefer to watch darts. If this that. game Dust did beat. not have <laughs> North Melbourne involved, it would not have registered on your... I, I, I don't think that's true. I think that, that's like a bottom versus second bottom a boring, low-scoring game in the way. That's crap. No, that's ridiculous. I'll tell you what should have been. 
Geelong Melbourne. That was a shit game. Nobody cared. <laughs> right. <laughs> anyway, let's move on to the real football. Hey, uh, hey. That's a bit harsh on North Melbourne, isn't it? You're saying a game no, wasn't North real? Mel- North Melbourne didn't belong. I've made that point clear, Scott. <laughs> you, surely you agree they should have got a vote at least. Look, I don't make these calls, Scott. I just <laughs> criticise them. <laughs> it's my scene for a reason. Uh, first game of the round. First game of the year, as always. As infuriatingly as always. Richmond defeated Carlin by 26 points. Not infuriating. Not infuriating first because I'd like... Yeah, I, no. I, so, I say infuriating because for so many years, one or both of these teams has been rubbish and it's yes. been given to them for absolutely no reason. No, it's not other absolutely than, no Other reason. than entitlement. Crowd is the reason. I, I don't think when it's, when they bring sort of eighty to 90,000 every year, I don't think you can take it off them. I just don't think you can. But apart from that, this year was good. So let's be positive. That was a good game. That's true. It that was, was really good, good to watch. Football. It was intense, it, free-flowing, high-scoring. It was deceptively good. Let's be honest. Mate, I was buzzing. After the first five goals from Carlton, which you can't discount, but after the first five goals from Carlton, Richmond won by ten goals. So it wasn't that close following that period. Mate, it was a game until halfway through the last I I know, and look, Carlton just died. There's no denying that. Cruiser, big, down. Uh, So many of their guys. Ed Kerno looked like he couldn't walk. There were so many guys that just looked out on their feet. I, I, I personally, I think Cruiser was... Going down was the biggest thing out of the like the most the biggest reason why the result was what it was. All night it just kind of felt like they were holding off a little bit. Carlton just the bigger bodies were just crashing into their kids. Cruiser is huge in the way that he, he blocks shepherds yeah. for for the for, for the younger kids, and he just gives them space and he you know makes them stand up a bit taller. When he goes down, all of a sudden they were just vulnerable, and then it was just. You know, it was just they just flooded over the top of them, Richmond, and then that—that's when it when it ended. I, I think that was more significant than having a player off the field. Cruiser was big. Yeah, he's look, so important to them. Yeah, I I get that. That's that's fair. But you look at the inside fifties. You look at the scoring shots. You look at the goals that they got that they probably didn't deserve. There are a lot of factors that made this game closer than what it really was. I don't think that makes it any less of an exciting performance. I just don't. Mate, think... you've tipped them for bottom. Yeah, man, look, I've been wrong before. I may be wrong here. Ooh, early conceding. I'm not conceding anything. Uh, they still fall apart. They start every season well, and then they drop off in round eight. This happened every year. Has it? Yeah, they win a string of four games in a row that no one expects. All of a sudden, they're yeah, eight, four, happen. and four. And then they piss off and don't win another game to round 24. But the thing with this one was it was the first time I watched Carl and I haven't just come away thinking... I did think this, but I didn't only think Bolton's a great coach. I also thought I can see a lot of ability in that list. And there were a lot of exciting... Petrovsky seaton in that first quarter was one of the sexiest quarters you'll see. He's was absolutely really, really right. We, everyone's been talking about Kerno. He's, as a modern forward, he works. I think a few years ago we would have been questioning whether he can fit in. I don't but know. But with his body shape... So he works in I'm not modern... I'm not comparing him to the guy I you know, mentioned in any way other than like size. But, like Gary Ablett wasn't huge if he played as a key forward. So like it's yeah. not out of the realms of possibility that you have to be He was a genuine, genuine freak though, Gary Ablett. Yeah, no, that's why that's what I'm not I'm not comparing talent. I'm just comparing... Yeah, no, but I'm, but I'm saying you can overcome those deficiencies yeah, 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 if you're yeah, yeah. as good as Gary Allen was. <laughs> yeah, but, like, Wayne Carey wasn't huge. There'd been great forwards that weren't 
huge. Okay, but whether or not it ends up being true, I think five years ago, if Charlie Kerno had been doing be what he's doing now, I think, yeah, we'd all be saying, ah, oh, it's, it's not going to work. Mm. But after what Richmond did last year, yeah, we're starting, like, he, he, he fits, as a, fits as a forward these days. So that's exciting. I, March Bank's game, I thought, was brilliant. I, their so back did, line... So did my fantasy side, Scott. How many points did he get? The, Only uh, like eighty six. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, but they're like their backline for the first time is getting really exposed, um, and a lot of the like, Wiedering really struggled. That's Liam Jones just, wasn't great. That's the, so Liam Jones, no one actually knew whether he was any good or he hit a bit of form. Like uh, he's not someone you still build on. He's not someone you go. He's going to be here for five to ten years, mm. and he's something we can rely on. I think he's he still. Will. I think it'll be there. But he's still. He's, he's, he's a good. He's a. He's, He's a good defender, but he's not the defender you go. We're set for the future. You still maybe there. There is there's still question marks because it's Liam Jones. Yeah, but and they're not built like that. They've got other key defenders. They've quite smartly, I think, pinched Marchbank and Plowman, who mm. are not quite key defenders, but are tall enough to that, sort of move in between, so they can play on the tall, they can play on the small. They're both hundred ninety something. Yeah, the, the, the problem I had with them last year was I thought if they're their two key defenders, mm. those two, I just didn't think they had the size to really anchor down a defence. But now, I mean, assuming Weedering will end up being good, and I think he will. He had a disappointing night. With Jones and Weedering there, and then those two a little bit freer, and they're able to float across, all of a sudden that's a pretty that's a pretty good-looking back line. Yeah, and you've still got Cade Simpson for a couple of years, presumably, given the way he played. keeps on keeping I on. I couldn't, cannot believe He was very, very frustrating to watch because... Uh, yeah, I picked Carlton Villas. I wanted to be bad, but and he just was dynamic. He offered a whole lot of run, which hasn't exactly been a massive feature of his game. But he played incredible on the weekend, and they've got Doherty to come back. And like knees aren't what they used exactly. to be. He will come back. So anyway, let's move on. Friday night we had Essendon defeat Adelaide by twelve points. Reasonably big result, but Adelaide weren't Adelaide, were they? Yeah. <laughs> For most of the game, they still had it in control. It was just that the momentum yeah. just sort of flooded over them. And, and, and Essendon had that ability to turn it on. Yeah, but I think in a lot of ways, Adelaide couldn't kill the game because they didn't have the lethality that they normally have. Like, I think Lynch is their most important player, the more and more I think about it. Because he is that perfect link between sort of the midfield and the true deep forward line. He, mm-hmm. what, his work across the half forward just before the arc is just incredible. He's so accurate going inside 50. He works into space so well. He's such a good hit-up forward. He's a bloody underrated player. There, he, there's, he's probably the better Tom Lynch when you really look at it. Well, that's a big call. At, at this point, he's probably the better Tom Lynch. Uh, I don't know, man. The Tom other Tom Lynch, Lynch is pretty bloody good. Yeah, but He can absolutely dominate a game. Yeah, Rather Tom, than playing a very important role extremely well... He dominates again. Fine. Tom Lynch last year was a better Tom Lynch. Yeah, maybe. He had a better year. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Which is a pretty big deal given what you just said about True. the yeah. other Tom yeah, Lynch. Yeah, fair enough. I forget which initial is which. Um, <laughs> so I'm not going to try. One's a J. Um, <laughs> so, and Tex Walker is still a really good player. Mm-hmm. Bray Crouch hasn't come back for a while, but he's a really good midfielder. They missed a lot. And there's... There's no doubt they're a little bit underdone. Yeah. And they probably will be for the first month or so. Quite often, teams you play in the grand final are a little bit underdone. There's a little bit of a Sydney vibe mm-hmm. there, isn't there? Yeah. That, and, yeah. They had a couple of injuries. They've got to adjust to the fact Lever's no longer there, which is something you have to adjust to. The idea was 
fine, but Lever last year averaged the second most intercept possession yeah. in the league. So I think like I, I'm not. If I were an Adelaide fan, I wouldn't be that worried about this. That they, they still were in control of most of the game. I think mm. they're very underdone. That'll be a very Essendon good will be fine. So it's not like, topped a lot for not putting him in your eight. <laughs> Yeah, look, I, I, st- I, st- I stand by <laughs> Just it. Just snuck him in. I stand by it. No, I don't think that's a terrible call. Yeah, no. Essendon are flaky. Yeah. And they they were flaky all the last year, and they've added three, at least two very flaky players to the mix. Like, Devin Smith and Stringer are famously flaky. Mm. So that doesn't and really help. Adam Sard not... only ever plays 12 games a year. <laughs> yeah. Defensively, they have a lot of issues. Um, and there'll be times this year when they'll just get run over. Yeah, and like, look, good to win without merit going down the first or second quarter. But you know, it was not, it was a very it, it wasn't beating the Adelaide. It was beating an Adelaide. If you get what I mean. But next game we had Hawthorne defeat Collingwood by thirty four points. This was pretty big. <laughs> yeah, I, this did not look good for Collingwood. I Collingwood don't. Were pretty awful. <laughs> I don't understand why Nathan Buckley. Wants to keep coaching. Like this is, this is where one round in, and it's already on him. This again. is a like, good. It has take. to be miserable. He got a two-year extension, and straight away he loses one game. It's not a he, lo- it's, it's he loses incredible. one game, and he's about to get sacked. Mason Cox has one bad game, gets suspended, and now he's no longer. He's going to get delisted. Yeah. The the appetite around Collingwood. I think it's because you can't do this with Richmond anymore. So all the focus is on Collingwood. And I think I think that's I think that's why it seems more intense. The position they're in is actually unprecedented in the sense that I think it's the first time ever a coach has been got to that level of heat and has actually survived through it. So we're in like a place now yeah, where probably. it's just like he has a two year extension, but he's still kind of in the same spot. Yeah, he still seems like he's on the hot seat, and he should like he never should have got that extension. No. We were very passionate about this all last year, but like we also do have to talk. There's a few other things coming out of the game. Their skill level was shocking. And how much do you put that on him? I, I don't, People always talk about skill level when it comes to Collingwood and kicking. Like I, I can never accept that something's as simple as they have a lot of players who aren't good kicks. I, it I wasn't think a just lot that, of it, though. It was fumbles. It was hesitancy. There was a lack of trust in what they were doing. I yeah. Think. It was, a lot of it was... They wouldn't just drive the ball long, which every AFL player can do. They're no one's a bad enough kick that they can't just drive the ball long. But they try. They have this game plan where they like to... That, that's what I'm saying. I think that a lot of this just comes down to process. Like yeah. It comes down to not having the belief in where you're going, not having the obvious option to kick to. Mm. And when you start hesitating a little bit, that's when you start making mistakes. That was the problem with Frio for a, a long time. Was they just When they were transitioning out of back 50, they just never had anything to kick to. And we kept saying they were bad kicks. It's never that simple, and I think Buckley absolutely has to take a lot of heat for the fact that they're not kicking well. Yeah, how much do you take of this as a Hawthorne revival, though? Because I don't trust this from Hawthorne. I don't think this is indicative of Hawthorne being back. Neither of us like Hawthorne. I'm seeing this as more of a Collingwood are bad than Hawthorne are good sort of thing. Good. Good decision. Yeah. This, yeah. We're in agreement. <laughs> Good to see we found some sort of common ground early on in the season. Yeah, it's no, normally Co- takes us still about mid-year to get there. All thought have actually been the one team we've been like, together on for a while. Yeah, because we're sick of them. Actually, no, you really hated them last year. and I started to... Yeah, that's true. You, you get sympathy. You're, you're weak. Flog. <laughs> uh, but the other thing, Tom Mitchell, mm. little bit of a jet. 
We did enjoy watching the the record breaking moment. We were mm-hmm. we were at, we were having a few drinks and we weren't we weren't watching it. And then we saw he was on the fifty three and we came over. The first thing we saw on the TV was we just get a little handball and we started celebrating. Everyone wondered what the hell we were doing. Yeah, we were the only people in the room who paid any attention to it. Yeah. I do like how you completely undermine all our authority to speak on this game by just openly admitting we didn't watch it. But you know, <laughs> you waited till 20 minutes in this week, so you better <laughs> no, than all of it. all the time. <laughs> Why would we change it this year? Uh, next up, GWS absolutely flogged the Western Bulldogs to the tune of 82 points. This was intimidating stuff from GWS. This was a game we did watch, or I watched the first half before I left mm. the Melbourne game, and my... God, they look sharp. Like, firstly, the way they were running into space, they were working hard both ways. Yeah. Um, that, that they, they had their whole tsunami thing that they talk about, but they were running so hard into space, they had so much space to run into. And the thing which got me really excited was their first shot on goal, Jeremy Cameron hit up lead 60 metres out, wheels around and hits up Patton on a lead. Yeah, that's and the I'm big just, thing. That That's huge, that their forward line's working together. Because that was, by the end of last year, that was their biggest question. Mm. They had the three big boys who just kind of fell over each yeah, other. Yeah, they had one too many. And by getting a little bit more space and bringing in an extra small and a pretty, like, an actual defensive forward. They got DeBoer, who's a trier. Now they got Langdon as well. They've got a few more actual effort-based players, they which do. they never had enough of. Which is really weird to say, because you'd think you'd just want the most talent possible. But yeah. with the current way the AFL is played, you do need some players that rely on working It hard. gives you a, a baseline. It yeah. gives you and consistency. They did have players that worked hard, but they were, work, they were players that worked hard by gut running, not by harassing and, and chasing And gut running intensity. forward, not gut yeah. running back. So I, I think this new look with their forward line, smaller, more aggressive. And with, and with Mumford not, a, not, not in... Um, yeah. we've got Lobb now rucking. So that takes him out of the forward line, which he was in last year. It means they've only got the two two key forwards. Yeah, and and it, Cameron's a bit of a hybrid, sort of, and that can work. Yeah, well, we've And seen, it did work this week. Yeah, and there were there is a flip side, which I think is the Bulldogs were awful. I don't think enough criticism can be laid at the feet of the Bulldogs for how they played this game. They were, they were atrocious. They looked like a bottom four side. They didn't chase. They didn't tackle. They just let them do whatever they wanted and I know they lost Lupatore in the first few minutes but there was no effort and the only reason not not the only reason but the primary reason they won their premiership was through effort and was through crowding the ball and making sure the ball just either stayed in the contest or went their way there was none of that GWS were walking out of contest I've, there's been a lot of criticism on their their forward line a lot of what i hear about is that like that's their biggest problem they just don't know how they're gonna get that to work which was always a problem with them that's nothing new you think it's more a midfield effort-based thing that to was be honest i think every line has issues now and it's mostly come from an effort to fix their forward line eastern wood as a forward diminishes their back line massively it's, that's it's just absolutely sucked. ridiculous move he's an all-australian and he can't get a kick as a forward it, a, it makes Harry Taylor going forward look like a masterstroke. It absolutely <laughs> does. Harry Taylor, if, if the world was filled with Eastern Woods going forward, Harry Taylor would be an All-Australian. Like, that's ridiculous. <laughs> that's a, such a bad move. Yep. Um, not playing any of their tall forwards and trying to put Roughhead, uh, Trengo and uh, English all rotating forward and through the ruck. They're, they're all they're, average players as they're well. They're all average. <laughs> like, English might be good when he's a bit thicker. Like, there's yeah. talent there, at least. But Trengrove and Ruffhead are the same player. They're a key defender yeah. who occasionally goes yeah. into the ruck. They don't have... They've got a number one draft pick and a number two draft pick. 
sitting there in the VFL. Mm. And they, they didn't play their best midfield either. They've got Mitch Wallace out. They've got Caleb Daniel out. All these players who actually bring something, bring some intensity around the ball and an ability to win the ball. And then in Daniel's case, ability to really use the ball. He's such a clever kick. They've just hampered every single part of their game by through weird coaching. Caleb Daniel was someone who, who summed up why the Bulldogs were good in that year. Like he was just like he was the personification of what made them mm. good. And with him, yeah, him out of the team, it's it's a weird sort of symbol. Yeah, Lockie Hunters they're not around the ball as much. As they're playing Bontempelli way too much time forward. If your midfield is weak, which as the way the Bulldogs are currently constructed, it is you need your best player in the midfield. That's a cool thing to do at the moment, though. Lots of midfielders are going forward. It's kind of a he's way to not going forward. He's starting forward, staying forward, and occasionally going into the midfield. The balance is wrong. Dustin Martin spending 30% of a game in the forward line mm-hmm. and scaring the living daylights out of somebody, that's a good move. because And they've also, act, Richmond act, weirdly, because I didn't think it for the entirety of last year, have enough midfield depth to yeah, cover that yeah. period of time. That is a big difference. The Bulldogs don't. Yeah. Like, in all seriousness, Luke Beveridge's performance would make you question him if he hadn't won the flag. You never rated Beveridge. You never liked the Bulldogs. You've had a thing against I have, Beveridge I have. for a long time. I have. This is fine. This is a fair accusation. But prior <laughs> to prior to the last year and a bit, he could coach a midfield and he could coach a backline. Yeah, that's, that's that, gone. That's true. It's, and it, look, it, to be fair, it's in an effort to address his weakness. But he's not done that at all and just compromised the rest of his game plan. And I, I think it's terrible coaching. Yeah, no, you, you do you do make a, a pretty reasonable point. They, they have had issues with their forward line for a long time, and they're trying to fix that up, and mm. yeah, catches them out in other areas. Um, you make a good point, but like I, GWS can make a team look shit. Um, I don't think the Bulldogs are going to be you know losing by eighty two points for a lot of the year. No, but on this, in the same vein, like. GWS so often every time they were really attacked at the coalface really made to work for it they didn't really stand up to it well last year they didn't they didn't perform to the way we expected them to in a lot of games where it was really tight really contested and really intense and because there was none of that they could do whatever they wanted and I think that is the most damning part of this and I think the players can take it cop a little bit of responsibility absolutely for that, so. but not putting the players who are good at these things around the ball not putting the players that shore up your defense in defense I, I just don't understand any of what beverage is doing and like if he doesn't change things he should come under pressure premiership or not car you've got it off your chest come on let's move on you, you hate beverage you always have I don't hate beverage. I hate I, I'm back. Home. I'm back in the dogster turn around. <laughs> uh, next up, we had what was possibly the best game of the weekend. Uh, Geelong defeated Melbourne by three points. You can't even say I made that up because it was the closest game of the weekend. Oh, it was it had weird. a kick up for the Surrey to win the game, the f- and it was free flowing. The feeling I have leaving, it, like for for five minutes after the game, the feeling I had was pain. But then after that, I started just getting this sort of. Man, footy is really, really back. Like you just kind of forgot what that feeling's like. Um, I gotta say, when your player takes a mark twenty, thirty meters out, whatever he was, um, with a chance to win you the game, there is nothing satisfying about that moment at all. I did not celebrate. I was not happy in the slightest. It was just Until anxiety. It, yeah, just floods over you. It's actually the, the worst feeling as a supporter you can have. I reckon. Well, if Jack Watts had a mark, he would have been fine. 
I still would have been nervous, but I would have like I I I really thought he was going to miss it. I I, I turned my back for it, and I so just much, saw it in the so end. So much but. of the reason he missed it was technical. That was really weird. Yeah, he never looks good kicking for goal, Max. No, well, but on when he's deep, he has to run a little bit straighter. His hook is less pronounced because he's got to kick it longer, which yeah gives him an easier target in terms of just hoofing it down the field. In close, though, it's going at right angles at certain points. And it's like, yeah. what are you doing, Maxie? Ma- Max could have missed that at any point of the game. Like, there's no like he didn't choke <laughs> under pressure. You're not you're not blaming it on our nerves. Yeah, well, I'm not blaming Max in the slightest because the only reason why he had a chance out of that shot was because he took a bloody good mark. Um, but the biggest worry out of the game, and I've managed to sort of come around on this a little bit, but like God, it was just exactly the same as last year. It was. Great in the midfield. Ball movement every year gets better. That's always improving. There just seems like there's been no attempt to fix up our defensive issues at all. The amount of space there, there was for the corridor. But it was bringing in Lever and not doing anything else. <laughs> Lever is a very good player. I'm very happy we got him. But there's at no point have I ever thought he's the saviour to our defensive issues. He... Uh, we need a lockdown anchor in that back line. All of our defenders play off their man. They're modern defenders. Mm. They play zone. Would you say you need someone like Lyndon Dunn? Yes, I absolutely <laughs> would say that. I'd be stoked to have Lyndon Dunn. Lever's a very good player and he'll make us better, but he does the exact same thing. And at the moment, he's our number one defender and he's never been a number one defender before. He's always been someone who plays on the third, the third forward, yeah. floats across. And it'll take a bit of adjusting. He, he was poor on the weekend. He'll be all right. He's, he's, he's a very good player. But he was never going to be our saviour, which some people tried to talk up. Our back line is, still has major issues. And, but it's not just that. It's also it's defensive across the whole ground. The first half, the amount of times they just had space in the corridor just mm. to play standing on his own is, is unbelievable. As a North Melbourne supporter, I 100% uh, understand where you're getting from. Uh, Zeebel and Cunnington can't run anywhere, so there's always that space in our games. Yeah. So at halftime, I was very angry at Goodwin, just thinking, like, you have done absolutely nothing to fix any of these issues. To his credit, after halftime, he made massive changes. I, I think I think it was as simple as all he did. I reckon he just collared Hibbard and Lewis and just said... Just get in the hole. Just make it your own. And the two of them were brilliant after halftime. Our back line improved out of sight defensively. All of a sudden, um, Geelong would sort of get a kick out of the defensive 15. They'd look up and they'd have nothing to kick to. And then we'd start containing them and then we'd lock it in. And it started to become a proper AFL standard performance. Um, so that was like that, that was good to see. And then the other thing which I loved was after the game, his press conference couldn't have been any more spot on. He said that the first half was terrible. It was defensively terrible. That's not how we've been trained. As a neutral supporter, I disagree with him. But yeah, it was oh, good to watch. You, uh, yeah, it was good to watch. But that was not that was not good footy. And the other the other issue was the way we're moving it into the fifty. Like we had however many inside fifties and just couldn't score. We just we just put it on Jesse's head, and mm. it wasn't even it wasn't even setting up for a run at it. It was literally putting it on his head. So half the time he'd end and up. Jesse is not really that kind of forward. He is a lead up forward. Oh, wow, Scott. Do you just turn that off or at least mute it? Yeah, I will turn it off, Banjo, but continue. I, I've lost my train of thought. Your interruption has crippled me. Again, Scott. It's off. It's off. Jesus. <laughs> Good start to the pot. But anyway. Do you have notes on that or is it... Do you have your notes on uh, that? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> we'll get to it. <laughs> Anyway, so I'm feeling a lot more relieved about it because I know how much improvement there is in the team. And oh, just a matter of your best players are all young. And so that just begets 
improvement? No, but I mean improvement in terms of I think we can improve in the next game. Okay. I, I think if we fix up some of those defensive issues and start just lowering the odds a bit more going forward, we are a far better team. And we still nearly beat a pretty good side who played pretty well. I'm quite impressed by this Geelong side. What did you take away from it from their perspective? I don't think all that much has changed from last year. I still think they're relying on their top end, but their top end is better because they have yeah. Ablett. <laughs> and Ablett is a bloody good footballer. Is so it, they'll be good again. They'll be top four. Like, who else has a better top end? Sydney, probably on par. GWS, probably Parts, on par. Yeah, depth as well. Well, do they have particularly more depth? Guys like... So Mitch Duncan is pretty close to an actual star himself. Uh, Tim Kelly looked really good and look he's a kid so it's not sustainable <laughs> Colin Jasney I really like they had Harry Taylor go out Lockie Henderson wasn't playing I think there's a lot more than you're giving him credit for Menzel is talented man we couldn't stop him no and like he doesn't chase the saving himself he's one on one he but made us he, look silly he's so much talent there's a few players around there Parfit's developed from his first year. I just think... I don't like, mind Parfit, actually. I think they're a lot played. deeper than people give him credit for. How about Big Sav? He was, he was good. Yeah. And Whatever I, his name I, is. I, I read Radigalia. Is that how it's pronounced? Yeah, it's really not that okay. hard. It's kind of annoying me hearing people go... Well, know, I, I haven't actually heard, heard, heard his name be said. I was, I was at the game. Um, um, but, like, mate, he's he's Majak Dor, who yeah, actually knows this, how to play footy. This take hurts me. Like, it's, it's true. It's probably true. It is true. It really hurts. He's... He's just wait. Like, Magic Door is going to do a Liam Jones, who I just shat on for the first part of the pod. <laughs> no, he's going to become a jet. <laughs> no, he's not. But uh, Radigalia, what we're putting out. He, he's a he's a big boy. Sticky hands and he, moves. Well. He moves really well. He's quick. He's a real athlete, mm. and he looked like he had an idea where he was going as well. Yeah, it's um, kind of concerning because one thing Geelong have lacked is their key forward to go with organs. Stanley was never going to be it. Neither was Zach Smith. Like, there's not much. I only said Zach Dawson there. Um, there's so many guys that have sort of half tried in these roles, and if they get one to work, that's big for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, let's move on to the last game. Mate, where, where are you picking them now, Joel? Where do I have them to start with? I don't know, but where are you picking them now? <laughs> I, think them, I think I have them top three, and I don't see any reason to change that. Yeah, I and think... Like, I, and, like, Geelong so Actually, often... I like Adam Third as well. Geelong so often have been a top two or three, but you haven't really believed it. Like, that's where the difference will be. Whether or not I believe they're actually... Yeah, I, I don't good. think I'll believe their premiership. Material. I'll have to see the full side. Yeah. But I think that's good signs. What they did to win that game, because I, I think you'll be pretty good... To win that game with what they had out, and I know you had Vianney and McDonald out and a few more and pretty dumb selections in a few areas, <laughs> including a B grader in Tom Tice, Dom Tyson. <laughs> um, in one area. He should have been in. <laughs> Everything else I can handle. But. Uh, yeah, so I think it's a pretty good win for John. But yeah, yeah let's move on. Yeah. Sydney West Coast, 29 points in the end, which isn't very flattering given that uh, Sydney kicked two goals in the last 30 seconds. Yeah, firstly... Good to have Sunday night footy. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, it was, it's it, not, it's weekend not, felt longer. <laughs> it did, and it's not that hard for that to happen because it doesn't actually affect the ability for people to go to that game. Because in Perth, mm-hmm. as a scheduling sort of variation, I really like it. And that's a Perth game is generally the last game of the round anyway. Why not make it a twilight game? And, and they draw crowds no matter what because uh, not enough seats at the stadium and like. People love football. There's not enough teams for them. Well, a new stadium is a fair few seats there. 
Yeah, but they pack it out. <laughs> yeah, every they time. will. They will pack it out every time. That, no, that, if mean, anything, that'll do. be more of a fortress. And they already like they already had a pretty. Fortress. I don't know. I think a large part of Subiaco's being a fortress was the weird shape, because the only other team that has a similar mm. shape is Adelaide and Port, and they did well over there. Yeah, maybe, but I don't know. It just it just had that feel. It had that real sort of mm. cauldron feel. Yeah, it'll still be a coliseum, but I'm not sure it'll be as strong if they're not that good. First half was, I mean, most of the game, but the first half especially was 100% just a buddy ship. Like, oh that's the only goodness, thing I cared about. I think he's better than he's, I've ever seen him. And weird as it is, I didn't actually watch when he kicked 13 or North. <laughs> For some reason, I couldn't watch that game. He was on Fox, <laughs> but I didn't have Fox. But I've never seen him take that, like... Worked that well overhead. Worked that well in contested He was so hungry. He was just like he just wanted to kick goals. He was, was absolutely. There was times where he just he was like forty meters out on a decent angle, just burnt to the open guy running into the goals because like no, I got this and slots it. Yeah, he kicks it. So it doesn't matter. Like, oh, he was he that buddy is probably the best player to watch in the competition. Yeah, probably, and probably the most unstoppable player in the competition. He's not that often enough which is where midfielders get him, I think, in terms of being the best player in the competition. Mm-hmm. But, Jesus, I love that watching and, that buddy. On this occasion, they, they really isolated him more than they, like, you he ever was see. Deeper as he well. was actually playing out of the square for a little bit. And all, all the other forwards were literally just playing to give yeah. Buddy space. And if you look at it, we, <laughs> that's what Richmond did with guys like Josh Caddy a lot. Not, not tall forwards, but the sort of pseudo-tall forwards. They held them deeper. They made them the last player, so they could either get out the back if the situation provided that opportunity, or actually hit up. And I think that's a good development in the game, both tactically in terms of effectiveness, but I think it's better to watch. Someone to kick to is more entertaining than people streaming to open goal after open goal, or having no one to kick to and having to hold up. I wonder I wonder how much of that was a plan beforehand. To Reed was out, so that could have been a factor. And maybe mm. they did decide, let's just isolate Buddy and let's just play like that. And how much of it was they saw how hot he was in the first half a quarter and thought, no, 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 let, let, let's make the most of this. That's a fair comment. Um, West I, Coast, I don't think they'll do it every week. but I hope they do. I hope they do as well. Remember what happened when Geelong threw Dangerfield forward when he couldn't do anything. Uh, West Coast, though, a real reminder about how good and important that new is. Yep. Their midfield is awful, and they were good enough for most of that game. It's very easy to forget how good he is, isn't it? And he wasn't even on the ground for that much of it. No. And God, he made a difference. He, Buddy was incredible, and the most important player on the ground. Nick Nat unbelievably Man. almost came close. Like, Nick Nat was so effective. He was more effective around the ground than I've seen him in a long time, too. Yeah, I It agree wasn't just a tackle. Maybe it was because he was... Wasn't on the field as much, so maybe he was feeling fresh. I that's don't know. That, that's a possibility, but he spread better. He he probably wasn't as intense around the contest as we've seen him a lot. But his overhead work and his work as a presence and as a target was a lot better, and that's really good signs for West Coast because there were real question marks. Even he hadn't played for eighteen months off a single league. Yeah, yeah. So to see him back is huge. And as a whole, I, I, I don't have very high expectations of West Coast. They didn't no, look that too was bad. really good. They had real, um, real contrasting styles. Sydney are brilliant with their hands. Like they'll mm. get through the zone. They'll just bang, 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 bang. Get a few hands around. Get someone on the outside and go long to. Yeah. On this occasion, they went long to Buddy. On other occasion, they'll just kick to space and someone yeah. will run onto <laughs> it. Uh, West Coast real kicking game. Lots of short kicking. They sort of got got the ball forward. And their their kicking skills were really good, especially in the third quarter. Yeah, they're just hitting every well, time. Really. 
Um, there aren't a lot of teams who are playing like that at the moment. Um, no, it's sort of the last holdover, like the Clarkson Disciples, who's actually kept the Clarkson yeah, playing in a little bit of a way. So it's, I like variety in the AFL. There were some nice little passages of play when they just went, you know, just short kicks forward, like 15 metres and got, got when forward that like that. Works, it doesn't happen. There's a level of respect you just have to have for the skill it takes to pull it off. Because so many teams you see try and do mm. that, and they miss the kick by a metre either and side. And they're going to miss one can't, of them. You can't yeah. miss, you can't mark that ball. So, power to them. But anyway, let's move on. We've taken longer than I thought we were going to. So we're going to start with the top five, everybody's actual favourite segment. Uh, and we're going top five recruits. It is a good segment. I'll it is that. a good segment. Do you have any uh, honourable mentions? I have a couple of honourable mentions. Uh, first one, Devin Smith. Uh, Fair. He, he, like, I was, I've always haven't minded Devin Smith. I didn't know why he wasn't playing for GWS. But I wasn't. didn't think he'd absolutely dominate. But, geez, he's had a good start. His preseason was great. He had a good round one. Um, he, he's easily the best of those three recruits that's looking at the moment. Yeah, he's not the most talented because... There's like three players in the competition that have more talent than Jake Stringer, but he's probably going to be the most important and the yeah. most valuable. Yeah. Uh, the other one is, I, I think Rockliffe will be good. He's just a good footballer. He had a rubbish first. He had game. a rubbish first. And game, that's I know. hopefully for him, due to not having a preseason, if he only played fifty odd percent time on ground. So yeah, and he played exactly. in a foreign role. He wasn't. He wasn't in the midfield. He was as a half forward. If Gray comes back, he might be pushed up. Who knows? There's. There's reason he, to believe he'll get fit. He, he's just he's just a good player. Yeah, um, yeah, it's that simple. We gave him an honourable mention. What are yours? Uh, so my honourable mentions fit a theme, and it's pretty much just a fairly well. It's a goodbye. It's a sorrowful moment for me. But Sam Gibson, what? <laughs> Aaron Mullet, Aaron Mullet, and Lindsay Thomas. Oh, mate. I just wanted to say goodbye to my... I thought Sam Gibson was bad, and then I, when you well, went through the three, they just got a little bit worse every time. Hold on. Lindsay Thomas had a great career. Probably won't play another game, but God, I love that man. God, you are. Sam Gibson was in that team. He will play for Adelaide. He will play most games. He just had a hamstring injury. And Aaron Muller will play most games for Carlton because they don't have anyone. And he'll be very average, and Lindsay Thomas won't play. Yeah, no, I'm not debating any of that. It's just this... Sometimes you get a moment to say goodbye, and sometimes we need that. We need a time of mourning, we need a time of grief, and that was cathartic for me. Just let me have it. But anyway, let's get to the actual five. Who have you got? <laughs> uh, we've actually got the same number five. Uh, oh, really? with Watsy. I, I, I wanted to sneak him in. I, I think he's a really smart recruit for Port Adelaide. I think his fit is going to work so well. It, Todd it Marshall just... kicked four goals in their system, and Jack Watts is a lot better than that kid. Yeah, he, he he just loves space. Watts. Once he has space, he is an he's a brilliant footballer. And Port Adelaide play with a lot of space. He's just he's a really smart pick up for them. He's, he'll just he, fit. So he's a good runner. He's an excellent finisher, and he's a good decision maker. He's Those are what you need yeah. to do to work in space. And he's no tall forward, no key defender is really going to be able to work with him if he plays to the system properly. And on the weekend, he did. He kicked three goals, three. He only kicked four goals, like, four times in his entire Melbourne career. And he nearly got that. He should have had that. He just missed a couple of bad ones. Kicked six in preseason. Yeah. He's a re- he's a real, real chance for all Australian. It could happen. I th- he'll make the squad. I reckon he might not quite we have a in. We have a segment about big calls, and I don't know why that's not in Mate, there. I, I, lo- I love Watsy, and he'll just, he'll just fit. Okay. And I support him passionately. Let's move on. Who'd you go with it for? You're not going to like my number four. I've gone with Hodge. 
I think Hodge is a really, really smart pickup. I think he'll make a massive difference to the development of those kids. I think he'll play well as well. Um, and I just think, I think for the culture around the club, getting a coup like that is really big. Like it's just, it's just a good sign for a team that are trying to build some respect. That's probably a fair call, and I, I hadn't really considered in that. Regard. I thought you'd hate it. You didn't like Hodge. I don't like Hodge. But... <laughs> well, neither do I. But <laughs> <laughs> but when you look at what Brisbane have lacked for so long, it is that kind of that secondary, t- tertiary, the little things that make a side good, and he brings so many of those. And that is part. That's stuff you can teach. That's stuff you can pass on. He, he was talented, but he's not in his prime anymore. So the on-field stuff isn't going to be big. When he's a coach... He'll play, he'll play all right. He was fine on the weekend. He'll be fine the rest of the year. Yeah. When he... Like, he's just going to be as valuable when he starts coaching there as well. Yeah, exactly. Like, the whole exactly. way through, it's more about... It's more about what he does for the culture, for the off-field sort of stuff. That's where he's really going to yeah, shine in. Exactly. I agree. That's a good pick. Thanks, man. I really considered it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, before I went Lever. Uh, okay. I've Lever at three. I'll yeah. Give, so give that spoiler away. I think... I think he's a good pick-up. I think he paid too much, but we're not really considering that right now. No, we're not taking that into account. Otherwise, it'd just <laughs> we be, did all, the, pay too it'd much, be yeah. all the free agents. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. But, no, he's he's a really good intercept defender. He's got to play better than he did on the weekend, but as you said, I think he will. He's too talented not to. He reads the ball too well in the air, and he gives a lot of the clean ball out of defense. He like chopping the ball off early, which is so important for actually constructing a good passage of play on the rebound. That's what if he does. If you just get a scrappy turnover, it's not that easy to really build from there. And you can be contained, but the kind of things he brings, they're really helpful. Yeah. I've given much spiel on later. Yeah. Yeah. He, so he'll be good. My three was Charlie Cameron. Oh, wow. That's a... That's a... Oh, he's not that good, mate. He's handy. He's really good. I don't think he's any more than handy. I disagree. Watching him in that Brisbane life... I hate Lever. Yeah. What? Well, yeah, because you gave up too much. Well, it's only Brisbane, actually, but still. Um, We're not taking that into account. We agreed <laughs> on that. I, uh, he just brings so much of what Brisbane need. He brings, as Hodge does, he brings a knowledge of how, what, he, like, it's not anywhere near the extent, but he knows what a good side looks like. His forward pressure is manic and in the, it's top class, and he's just as skillful as pretty much any other small forward in the comp when you think about it. He was overshadowed by Betts, but that won't be the case at Brisbane. He's going to be—he's almost the number one forward. He was almost playing as a key forward during that game in the way they were trying to run the ball through him. And he's obviously not going to win aerial contests, but his ability to work along the ground following that—if he—he splits the contest through the air and then he's just almost unstoppable on the ground. I think I didn't know you rated him so highly. I didn't until I saw him play properly. He's really, really good. I, I think he's very handy, but he's not a game changer. He's not a top five. Oh, well, you've said you don't think Lever's a game changer, so you can't really criticise me about that. No, I said he's not the answer to our prayers. <laughs> that's, a, that's a different level. I but anyway, I don't think so. <laughs> I'm going to give away a quick spoiler in our one and two. Uh, we've got the same two, but in different order. You've given Gibbs ahead of Ablett. I've gone Ablett Purely ahead of Gibbs. Purely for age, really. Uh, yeah, like, I, I, did, I, did think, I did think about it's taking that into account. Ablett's yeah. a better player, and Ablett might, player. Ablett might win Geelong a premiership this year. He might win he a Brownlow. Yeah, which is <laughs> huge, bearing the lead a little bit. <laughs> uh, but Gibbs will be there for four more years. Ablett will be there for maybe two. 
Wins him a couple of flags. It's a better pickup. That's true. That's I true. Do, I do. I just can't go past Ablett. He's just that good. He's, and I saw him on the weekend, and it didn't surprise me in the slightest the way yeah, he played. It is it's the Ablett. best player we've ever seen. Yep. But I think that age matters for me. Uh, so now let's move on to the questions. Uh, we've got quite a few. First part of the year, bit yeah, of enthusiasm. We're, we're running a bit short on time, so maybe cut one or two banjos. Probably I a good think idea. I'm cut most of them. <laughs> <laughs> So, from David Payne, this is a bit of a far-fetched one. It's just a little bit of a niche question to really, you know, dig deep. Do you think Chris Mayne is similar to Sam Lloyd in that he seems to play well in the VFL but not the AFL? What are they both missing to play well at the next level? Um, the funny thing about that question is why Sam Lloyd? Like, there's a, there's a lot of players who play well in VFL. And, like, I also it's... disagree strongly on the premise. Sam Lloyd is not good because he doesn't bring any pressure. Chris Mayne, the only thing he does is bring pressure. He doesn't even kick straight anymore. Okay, it's not a great comparison. <laughs> but, um, the, like, you know, history is littered with examples of that. But yeah, anyway, a few elite attributes. Chris really. Mayne was good for one year because he brought unbelievable pressure and, he and made did the, not miss. Yeah, he made the most of every opportunity. Everything else about him is very poor. <laughs> so he's not even pressuring that much anymore. and He's not kicking straight. He's a crap footballer and it was a terrible pickup. Fair enough. So, we've got another question. The AFL released their top 10 players under 23 the other day, and they've just headlined it. The number one player was Bont, number two, Cripps, and three was Josh Kelly. And after Thursday ga- Thursday's game, Poochie asks, why is Dan Butler not on that list? Poochie asks that, not why. Poochie asks that. Hey. <laughs> what do you mean, why isn't Dan Butler not? <laughs> Dan Butler is... I mean, if I said Charlie Cameron was handy... Dan Butler's the definition of Andy. He, he, he goes alright. I cannot believe you just put Dan Butler and Charlie Cameron in the same sentence. Why? Because Charlie Cameron's so much better. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 that's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, if I said Andy about him, like, my God. But um, no, the real question is, why isn't Josh Kelly number one? And why isn't Clayton Oliver in it? Clayton Oliver is not in it. That's a joke. That's quite funny. And then we had uh, Hogan and Lever in. Oliver's okay. better than both of them. <laughs> <laughs> No, but seriously, why isn't Josh Kelly number one? <laughs> yeah, it's probably... It's probably he's, like, he's, better t- he's, he's better, better than Bond. He's better than Bond. top five to ten players in the competition. No one else on that list is. I think uh, in the players' top 50 or whatever, he was third or fourth or something. He's nuts. Like, he's yeah. so good. There is not a single... Yeah, no, I agree with you on that. I like the guy now. I really like Josh Kelly. He's you got two years north. of this. He's coming to North after that. So he's my boy Get now. it through. Um, the last question, or one of the last questions, uh, from Josh Volling, one of our Queensland listeners, uh, one of the ones indoctrinated by the pooch himself. Uh, speaking on behalf of your Queensland audience, good he knows his role, uh, can I please <laughs> request a story behind one-time podcast guest Poochie's nickname? It's an excellent question. I really do like the question. Look, I can't go into intricate detail about it. It's a little bit personal, and considering how many listeners we have... I don't want to spread it around too much, but yeah, no, it's we've got such a broad audience that they, <laughs> none of them really know him. It's unfair to throw him the bus like that. He's a good guy. Yeah, basically, he dogged the boys a little bit at at school, and we just started calling him a bit of a pooch as a result, and it it, it stuck. And he is a little pooch. Like, I mean, if you just look at him, he he's just a pooch. It just works. The amount of people who I've said his nickname's Poochie, and they said. Oh, yeah, I can see that. He's a poochie. And I'm like, no, that's not why. <laughs> but it, it's just one of those nicknames which works. See, so you think that, but he, when we were young, some, and Beta has also called him a bird, so I think he's just very, very much, you see what you want to see with pooch. It's all about the nickname. It's all about He doesn't look like a bird. He's a, he's a little pooch. There's no <laughs> doubt about it. Uh, but this is a bit of a lead into our next segment. 
Uh, is Kane Corns trying to be the Aussie version of Stephen A. Smith? He's all about the hot takes. Steve Smith? Well, yes. What's he trying to say? I mean, I, I guess you could try to argue that he cheated Port Adelaide by leaving to be a firefighter and then just going into the media anyway. But, I mean, uh, I, I think that's a bit of a reach, isn't it? Yeah, look, it would be, but that's not who he's talking about. Stephen A. Smith is a very well-known American commentator, uh, mainly in the basketball area. He, he just yells and screams and says the most outrageous things possible. And it's a pretty good comparison, because that's exactly so, what So Kane he's not trying to say Kane Collins is a cheat? No. And oh, look, okay. I, agree with, I agree with the long bow you drew. It's, it's pretty <laughs> rude to Port Adelaide to do what he didn't leave in the middle of the season when they wanted to play finals. That's I, no, I have no issues with that. I have an issue with the fact that he was a firefighter for about two days and then just went into the media. Is he still doing it? Surely he's not still doing no, it. No. Did, bit... did we ever find out if he actually yes. made it in? I saw him in Adelaide in a fire truck. I went to Adelaide to watch a day-night test. I literally saw him going past in a fire truck. I, I promise you. You can ask our, our good friend Stringer, who's a regular on the pod. Regular. That's yeah. a stretch. <laughs> it's definitely a stretch. But yeah, I saw him in a fire truck. It was quite funny. But yes, he is a bit of a flog. He, he, he likes to make big calls and he likes attention. So that's the point of the it's segment. It's a good way to get you started. Yeah, so we're going we're gonna to do a few things with this segment. We're going to note and just share with everybody what we think the best Cane Corns take is. One best uh, as in stupid. Worst. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then we're also going to share our own version of that, just because we like to sound stupid as well. And we really, if they ever come right, come off and they're correct, we, we're going to brag about it for a long period of time. And can I just make it clear? I don't think Cane Corns is an idiot. I think he intentionally makes dumb calls because for attention. So that's exactly what we're doing as well. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> we're yes. Just None of the things we say we actually mean, although I definitely mean mine. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, you do mean mine. <laughs> <laughs> so the Cane Corns take of the week is he tweeted out, the winning AFLW players get a ring valued at $6,000 Looks sensational, but surely this is inequality. I like the Cane Corns worries about inequality, but when you worry about players who get paid absolutely nothing during the year getting a $6,000 bonus at the end, when the AFL players get way more than that if they win a premiership, is a little ridiculous. It's clearly... Well, when he makes a call like this, this is a very clear, I'm trying to get attention. <laughs> it's just so stupid. It's, it's, it's an odd thing to say. Like, there is nobody who thinks uh, the AFLW players are treated better than the AFL players. Yeah, so why would you use this as an example? <laughs> one of the dumbest arguments I've ever heard. It's a bit odd. But anyway, let's move to our... What's, what's your cornsy of the week? Well, I was going to go with you, but you've taken on some of the host responsibilities. I like it, Scott. Well, mine is. It's one I've hailed for quite a while. You're just copying people, man. I have absolutely been saying this for a long time, as long as a 20-game career will allow... Jack Silvani would not get a game without his dad. He is not good at any part of the game. I I like I completely think you're wrong. I, I don't think Silvani what? is a star. I think he has quite a lot of ability. What elite attribute does he have? I think he is very smooth. He is very silky. There's a few times you know where he picks he the looks, ball up, you know picks a nice smooth? goal. You know why he looks smooth? Because he's really slow. He's not that slow. He's and really I think he's slow. really smart as well. He knows where to go. He crumbs balls well. He gets out the back a lot. He's, I don't agree. I think he's a clever footballer, and I think he, he's got a lot of talent. He's got ability. I don't think he's not big enough. He's not quick enough. He's not good enough overhead. He's not a good enough kick, and he's not smart enough. 
They are pretty much all he, the things he's you need. Smart. And, I, and I think the other thing, as I think he's a good kid. Like I get the impression that he knows his role in that team and he plays it as well as he possibly can. And I think that's important as well. I've said it before, he'll play 200 games. And I'm not saying he'll be a star, but I think he will be a if good, solid footballer for 200 games. games. I will eat my hat. How many slabs of EB will you give me? Oh, like four. All right, deal. Shake on it now. All right. I'm looking forward to Wait, my what slabs do I get? of EB. Nothing. <laughs> All slabs of Carlton because VB's pissed. <laughs> At least with Carlton you get trivia. But who's, what's your hot take? Well, I'm North. I'm going to preface you, but I know what you're saying. You're wrong. So let's go from there. North won't win a game. I mean, if, if there was ever can a chance make, of winning a game, it's this weekend we, round one against Gold. Can Pass. we make the same bet? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm actually doing the game course. I didn't do an A game, but look, if there was ever a chance to win a game, it was this week. And you blew it because you're no good. You that's, are no good, and you that's know just it. slanderous. Okay, why are we friends? <laughs> but we didn't have a preview pod, so we're just quickly going to go through list our Premier Colin Brown on Rising Star. So we'll, let's just quickly take it off the top. Are we doing Who tips as well? Yeah, well, we this are. This is part that. of our tips. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's an extended tip. Who you got for your Premier? My Premier, uh, I've gone with GWS. Um, I think if I did this last week, I might have tipped Adelaide with GWS coming second. But having seen them on the weekend, I think they finally made it. And I think GWS will win it. I agree wholeheartedly. I predicted, We're back on the bandwagon, mate. I predicted <laughs> two years ago that they'd win eight in a row, starting with last year's premiership. They didn't do that, obviously, so they've only got seven wins. Yeah, seven it's still pretty good, though, seven. Yes. Uh, who's your Coleman? Uh, buddy. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. No hesitation, yeah. especially considering Kennedy's going to miss the you first few You cannot weeks, go so. past him after what he did. But I did because I'm a homer. Ben Brown. Can you just can you just be sensible for once? Ben Brown. I didn't say Hogan. Yeah, but Hogan's not as good as Ben Brown. <sighs> please. Did you even argue that? That's so good. He, I um, said, please. Hogan is bad. You know I'm bad. Ben Brown is going to have every second inside 50 kick to him. I don't think he's a better player. Yes, but there won't be any inside 50s. There will be at least 30. If your team there. kicks 10 That's goals 15, for the year. 15 he can only kick 10. 10 goals for the year. <laughs> we kicked five goals in a thunderstorm. Oh, gee, five goals, mate. Congratulations. I never said that was good. I said it was better than your ridiculous prediction. Uh, who's your Brownlow? Brownlow, I'm going to say it, Gaz. Gaz will do it, and I'll be so happy about it. And I'll, it'll lock him down as the greatest player of all time. I like how we both think Dusty, but we decided not to go with him because we're bitter. Yeah, that's I went I Josh Kelly. <laughs> yeah, I don't mind that either. I, I did have a long think about Josh Kelly. He He's could do it. He's so He's, bloody good. He, he could contract votes. Okay, who's your Rising Star? Look, I never know about Rising Star. It's a bloody tough thing to pick. But, you know, I like the Brayshaw boys. So I'm going to go with Andrew Brayshaw. And I think he is going to be not Hamish? bloody good. No, not Hamish. Andrew, like, when you hear him get interviewed, like, God, he just sounds I like really an upstanding I really like how you, like, you rate people on how they interview. No, The best like, player in the competition. This guy, he does 100-100 metre sprints on Christmas. Yeah, so he doesn't drink. He's like the perfect citizen. He's got two brothers. His first, his other brother was a pick three and hasn't done anything with his career. Look, there are circumstances, I'll admit. <laughs> his other brother didn't get drafted for two years. You can't say this is a great thing. Well, it is a great thing. It really works. He has more ability than the other. Oh, yeah. He's got equal <laughs> ability with Angus and not the concussions. <laughs> so, Fair enough. The so I went with the only guy that I know is going to get nominated, Riley Bonner, who was this week's nomination. He did look really good, though. 31 yeah, touches off. the box, man. <laughs> he had 31 touches off Harper. It was either him or Luke Davis Uniac. And, like, you gave me enough shit for Ben Brown. I wasn't going to do it again. Both of them. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, so he looks unbelievable. Yeah, he does have a very good play. And it's not, it's not halfbacks often win these awards. And by often, I say they won it last year. No, did Ryan Burton win last year? No, McGrath did. Oh, he was also a halfback, yeah, though, so, so that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> good call, Badger. <laughs> All right, quick tips. Okay, quick tips. Uh, Thursday Night Football, which I love. Adelaide-Richmond, grand final rematch. <laughs> yeah, very, very interesting game. I'm going to, out of hope, I'm going to tip Adelaide. But I would like to reserve my tip for selection, but... Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, Adelaide as well. North, St Kilda. Uh, St Kilda. The St Kilda pod I'm tipping North, but when I actually put in my tips, it will be St Kilda. Because <laughs> St Kilda will win. The, the, thing no is, the only chance North has is that Ben Jacobs tags Jack Stephen out of the game, and we rely on the fact that no other St Kilda players are really good outside of Billy. You still think Ben Jacobs is important, eh? It's undeniable. Right, we're not getting into this now. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Carlton, Gold Coast. Carlton. Very impressed with them last week. Gold Coast. I just like their list. I like yeah, a lot of the players. Not, not saying I think they're good. <laughs> I just like them. Yeah, David Swallow. Aaron yes, Hall, all right. We're not going to list Jared them. Light. This isn't half my fantasy side. Fury. Pierce Hanley, although he's not playing. I could go on, bizarrely. Uh, Collingwood <laughs> Giants uh, Giants Giants I cannot believe you hesitated I did yes, hesitate Let's sink in what you'd ask me <laughs> Brisbane Melbourne Melbourne Absolutely Frio Essendon es- Is it in Perth? Yes It shouldn't change I'm answer. almost tempted But Essendon <laughs> Oh no do, do say that Frio You could be wrong <laughs> um, <laughs> My tips are one <laughs> uh, Western Bulldogs West Coast In Melbourne. Western Bulldogs. You tipped West Coast for third last. That would be a big goal in Melbourne. (laughs) That would be a huge goal. (laughs) The dogs were so bad, though. Yeah, you're right. Western Bulldogs. (laughs) Sydney Port in Sydney. Uh, It's a bloody interesting game. This will be one I make sure I watch. Yeah. Yeah, like if Port win that, all of a sudden it's... Whoa, he's a premier. This is chance. very high up on the procrastination priorities. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then finally, Easter Monday, Geelong, Hawthorne. Geelong. I agree. Hopefully by a lot, so I, I can agree. gloat. Agreed. But anyway, thank you very much for listening to the Clubs on Footy podcast. Sorry for the interruptions that Scott so rudely allowed to happen. Uh, we'll be back next week. We could cut them, but... <laughs> no, we're cutting one of them. I shouldn't say this. <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>